Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. Here's what I want to begin the broadcast by telling you. Attitudes can be like cobwebs, which clutter up the mind and cause us to fail in the purpose of God. Or they can be like an interstate highway to an automobile, smoothing the way to our destination. You see, the choice is ours. We're going through a series I'm calling Pondering the Book of Proverbs. And today is part two on this matter of thriving in times of stress. Listen, there's some things in your life when it comes to stress that you cannot help but avoid. It's going to happen. We learned yesterday in the broadcast that when we are facing stress, it's a great time to tighten up my plans, tighten up my priorities. Uh, we spent a whole broadcast talking about that, importance of tightening up our priorities. Now, if you missed the broadcast yesterday, go to hrcc7.org and put in yesterday's date, which is October the 18th. That date may be wrong, but look up the part one of the message and you can learn how to tighten up your plans. And today we're going to be looking at lightening up my attitudes and my actions. So write down the name of a person or think about a person that you greatly admire. If you greatly admire that person is because they have plans and priorities that are tight, but they are not taking themselves so seriously. They lighten up their attitudes and they lighten up their actions. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man. Oh, it weighs him down. Have you ever felt that? You're stressed out and all of a sudden you feel like you've lost your energy. You feel like you've lost your drive and your determination. And now your attitude has gone sour and you can't have that drive that you want. You can't get things done. Well, attitudes like cobwebs clutter the mind, causes to fail in God's purpose. Or our attitude can be like that interstate highway that gives us a smooth way to our destination. Chuck Swindoll writes, This may shock you, but I believe the most significant decision that I can make on a day-to-day basis is my choice of attitude. It's more important than my past, more important than my education, my bankroll, my successes or my failures, my fame or my pain. What other people think of me or say about me, it's more important than my circumstances or my opinion, even more important than my position. Attitude is that single string that keeps me going or cripples my progress. It alone fuels my fire or assaults my hope. When my attitude is right, there is no barrier too high, no valley too deep, no dream too extreme, and no challenge too great for me. Well, let's look at this matter of attitude. Proverbs 14.30 says that a relaxed attitude brings life and lengthens a man's life. Proverbs 17.22 says, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It's a slow death to be gloomy all the time. So if you're in the depths of despair and you find that you're in a, a long time of living in a blue funk, I want you to know that that is bringing you to a slow death. I've discovered something. Life is 10% what happens and 90% of how I react. So stress is not an event. Stress is an attitude. You can take two people, put them in an exact situation. One of them is cool and the other is uptight. What's the difference? It's not the event. It's how the event is handled. How do you respond? You know, I love Psalm 23. I don't think I've ever done a funeral without quoting Psalm 23. 
I like the Japanese paraphrase of Psalm 23. Here it is. The Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness, which restore my serenity. He leads me in the ways of efficiency through calmness of mind, and this guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish this day, I will not fret, for His presence is here. His timeliness is all important. He will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity. By anointing my mind with His oils of tranquility, my cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in peace, the peace of my Lord, and I will dwell in His heaven forever. I don't know about you, but that is a great stress reliever to me. You know, I found something else is a great stress reliever. Humor. Have you heard people going through a tough trial and and, and they say, well, someday I'm going to look back at this and I'm going to laugh. Somebody put it this way, time plus tragedy equals humor. Well, whenever I hear that, that someday I'm going to look back at this and laugh, I always want to say, why wait? <laughs> why not laugh right now? You see, attitudes are so important. As a matter of fact, the Bible has a great deal to say about our thinking process, which produce our attitudes and which in turn produces our actions. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7 shows that a man who is thinking selfishly will inevitably become a hypocrite. Look what it says. Proverbs 23, 6. Do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacies, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. So if you want to thrive in times of stress, you've got to have the right attitude. Realize that God's going to work this thing out for his good and our good and his glory. Ultimately, it's going to come around. Just hang in there. Realize that God wants to take this setback as a setup to prepare me for something better. Attitudes are so important. So if you're going to be successful in navigating times of stress, you got to tighten up your plans. I've discovered that when I'm under a lot of stress, uh, one of the first things I ask myself is, okay, what in my calendar is off balance? What can I remove from my calendar? What can I pass on to somebody else who is more gifted? We're in the middle of a building program right now, and I'm going to get in there and help our team with the painting and the flooring and uh, whatever I need to do. But you know what I've discovered? That is not my top priority. Oh, I want to be involved in it. Don't take me wrong. But uh, when it comes to building things, um, you, you know, if I build something, it, it'll be up, but it, it, I'm not really good at that stuff, right? That's not my top priority. Even simple things. My father-in-law called me the other day, and and he had a pipe that was clogged, and and so I went over there and I said, well, let me see what, what we can do. And I tried to run a snake down through it and, I, and that didn't unclog it. And, and I even tried to pull up the toilet and try to put a, a snake down through there and, and I couldn't get it unclogged. And, and I finally said to him, I said, you know, we can spend a lot of time on this thing. We can try to crawl under the house and, and I'm not big at crawling under the house because I'm extremely claustrophobic and, and his crawl space is only, only about 12 or 13 inches and, and, uh, and, and my big body cannot barely fit through that, uh, you know, that little tight spot. And, and uh, I said, we can spend a lot of time on this or 
I know a man. I know a man who can come fix this. And so I said, let me call him. Picked up the phone, and, uh, and, and I told this guy as, uh, as I called him, and uh, I says, you know, you, you, you shouldn't pick up the phone because every time, you know, I'm calling you, I need something. I find myself in a, in a jam. And this guy started laughing. He says, what do you need, Pastor? I'll be glad to help you out. And I says, I got a dilemma here at my father-in-law's house, and a pipe is clogged up, and uh, and, and it's somewhere uh, under the house, between the house or where the uh, city drain is, and, and uh, we can't find it. He says, no problem. I'm going to come over and fix that thing. And in a matter of minutes, he fixed something that would take us hours to fix. When I think about tightening up our plans and our priorities— you can't beat somebody who's a professional at their occupation. So discover what is your priorities, discover what is your plans, focus on that, and then when you have a clear direction from God, lighten up your attitude and your actions, okay? Anxiety will weigh you down, but realize that life is so short, and we got to take what we do seriously, but we better not take ourselves too seriously. So when I think about this whole matter of being positive. Rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. The third thing that we're going to look at when it comes to thriving in times of stress, tighten up my plans and my priorities. Number two, lighten up my attitudes and my actions. And number three, brighten up my relationships with God and with others. Proverbs 10, 27 says this, reverence for God adds hours to each day. Oh, wait a minute. Did I read that right? Reverence for God as ours to each day. My days get longer. I get more done when I prioritize reverence for God. Now, when stress comes into our lives, it's so easy for us to not spend the time with the Lord, not spend the time with others that we should. But stress is a warning light. Now, not long ago, my vehicle dashboard warned me that one of my tires was low on air pressure. Now, I'm glad that that told me that before the tire went flat. It gave me a warning that I better check out that tire and get it to the proper inflation because it's losing air. And if I ignore that warning light, then I'm going to get a flat tire. And it's better to deal with it now than to be stuck on the side of the highway with a flat tire. You see, it pre-warned me that I need to check my tire. Whenever I get under stress, it means that I've taken my eyes off the Lord. It means that I'm starting to look at something else and the pressure is in my life. I'm looking at the circumstance instead of looking at the Lord. So here Proverbs tells us, reverence for God adds hours to each day. Look what Proverbs 14, 26 says. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. Okay, so I'm going to get more hours in the day as I put reverence for God at the top of my priority. I'm also going to have more strength because I'm tapping into God's strength. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is the living Bible version. Trust the Lord completely. In everything you do, put God first, and He will direct you, and He will drown your efforts with success. Don't you love how that's put? In other words, when I trust the Lord completely in everything and I put God first, this is relationally, He directs me and He drowns me with success. When a person is drowning, they're overcome with water. A person who is drowning with success means I'm overcome with success because everything I do, I put God first. 
In Ephesians 5.21, it tells us to honor Christ by submitting to each other. And so I brighten up my relationship with God and with others. So loving God and loving people actually reduces stress. Using God and using people increases my stress. You see, the reason you get under stress in your schedule is because you take yourself too seriously. Uh, Recently, I was on vacation, and I got thinking about this, and I probably took myself too seriously during my vacation because we were in the middle of a building coming in, and and we're in the middle of a building program, and, and so I felt like the building project would stop. If I didn't stay connected, and and uh, and what I'm really thinking is, is I'm taking myself too seriously because one day I will not be the pastor at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Uh, one day the church is going to have to go on, and it will probably go on just fine without me. Uh, I, oftentimes I'm filled with stress because I am taking myself way too seriously. Now I, I take what I do seriously, but I shouldn't take myself so seriously. And then the reason we battle stress is because. We don't take God seriously enough. God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. If we really believe this, we realize that He can handle any crisis that comes our way. Jesus said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Are you making time to get to know God? I'm not saying taking time. I'm saying, are you making time? You may say, well, I don't have the time to sit down and to pray every day. I don't have time to sit down and read the Bible. Then you're too busy. You study the life of Jesus, and no matter how busy Jesus got, he took the time to pray. You see, reverence for God gives a man deep strength. A daily quiet time is a great decompression chamber, a great de-stressor. Why? Well, one of the reasons is because we spend most of our time with people. As you spend time with people, that can be an opportunity for you to experience some stress, but you can look at it as also an opportunity to be relieved with some stress. Some people spend time with the wrong people, and they don't spend enough time with the Lord. Uh, They'll give listening to the radio minutes and hours in a day, but they won't spend time with the Lord. It was Corey Tin Boone who said this, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Oh, my friends, I want you to experience the rest that you can have when you are with Christ. Spending time with Christ is where we find rest. I think about how our lives can be radically changed by understanding who Christ is, understanding what Christ has done for us, realizing that He has radically changed our lives. Some people might say, well, spending time with Christ is a waste of time. And I would say that if Jesus never rose again from the dead, I would agree. It's a waste of time. 
as I think about the Bible and, and I think about what Christ has done for us, we have nothing to offer if Christ did not rise from the dead. But he did rise again from the dead. And it makes a difference in our lives on how we live our lives. You see, one day we're going to stand before God. And as I grow older in my faith, I realize that God's not going to ask me my view of the tooth fairy or my view of Santa Claus. Uh, I'm not going to ask me my views about holidays. And when he meets me and I meet him, he's going to ask me, what have you done with Christ? There's only one life to live, and so soon it's going to be gone. Only what's done for Christ will last. You know, so many times we get enamored by the big events of life and the big actions of life, and we fail to realize that all big events are comprised of small events that are done very well. You know, many years ago, I was going through a very difficult time. And my life was going, and, and it was spinning out of control. I had made some really, really bad choices, and I had made some really uh, bad decisions. And one day I was going out, and, and I was always in a rush. And this particular day as I was going out, uh, there was a frost on the windshield. And, and I was in such a hurry, I didn't, I didn't remove the frost from the windshield. I said, I got to go. And I, and I was late, and so I just, just went. And, and in my haste, uh, because I couldn't see... Uh, the vehicle that I was driving struck a person, and, and that person was, was seriously injured. And I remember thinking through that whole ordeal and, and, and the great emotion that I felt because I had inflicted so much hurt onto somebody, uh, that, I, that, I, that I lost about a year of my life because I went through a time uh, and had a bout of depression. And during that time, I, I couldn't seem to work myself free. And it felt like all the world is going back to, to what we would call normal. And, and they were enjoying life and moving on ahead. But it seemed like time just stopped for me. Uh, I was a student in college and, and I was trying the best I could to, to keep my academics together. And, and I, I felt like I was just walking through a fog day in and day out, just walking through this fog. And, and I felt like I was uh, accomplishing nothing productive. I was just overwhelmed with, with grief, overwhelmed with this depression, and I, and I couldn't move on. I, I got stuck in a rut, and, and I decided I'd go to a counselor, and, and one, of the, uh, one of the counselors there at the college uh, would meet with me every week, and, and it was a time of, of really encouragement, but I, I had trouble getting past that pain, getting past that depression. And finally, he gave me some really good advice. And, and, and maybe this will help you. If you feel like you're stuck, right? And you, and you feel like you're making no headway. He said, I, I, as you think about God's working in our lives, God knows exactly what we're going through. God knows exactly our breaking point. But God wants us to not just look at this from our angle, but look at it from his angle, the angle of others, and then we can get relief. When God brings comfort to our lives, it's much bigger than ourselves. That comfort that he gives to us is designed, yes, to get us through that trial, to get us through that stressful situation, but then it's designed to bring glory to God by helping somebody else who goes through that same experience. It was at that point that I, that I memorized what I call my life verse, 2 Corinthians 10.13. 
And in that chapter, Paul is dealing with an issue of pride. And and he's dealing with the fact that we battle with pride, but as we battle with pride, we don't understand the significance and the stronghold that it has upon us. And we can even take situations that are bad and turn it into an issue about, what about me? We can easily turn inward when pressure is placed upon us, when setbacks are experienced in our lives. And so Paul said to the Corinthian church, and this is his second letter that he's writing to them because the first letter that he wrote to them, it fell on deaf ears for the most part. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Jonah chapter 3, and it begins with these words, and the word of the Lord came a second time to Jonah. Oh, don't you love that? In the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your trials, the word of the Lord can come to you a second time. Well, God came to me a second time in the midst of my depression, in the midst of my trial, and he gave me a wonderful verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 13. Paul is writing to the Corinthian believers who feel like they're overwhelmed with pressure, overwhelmed with strife in their lives. And he says, there is no trial taken you, but such as is common to man. Oh, I love that phrase, common to man. What I was going through was not unique to me. It was common to men, common to mankind. In other words, we all from time to time go through times where we're discouraged and times where we're depressed. And and I know that there's different levels. You may not go through the level that I went through, and I may not have gone through the level that you've already gone through. But there's times where we face depression. There's times that we face difficult times. And Paul wants us to remember It's common to man. You see, it's very dangerous for you to become isolated in your times of sorrow. That's why we have funeral services. That's why we have life celebration services, and so that the family can gather together and support one another. We grieve with each other, Paul says, and one of us weeps, we weep together, and one of us celebrates, we celebrate together. You see, the trials that we go through are common to man. We may even lack faith in the midst of these trials, but God is faithful. Oh, don't you love that? When I have no faith, God is still faithful. When I throw up my hands and I don't have an answer, God is still faithful. When I don't have an answer, I can trust the one who is always faithful. God is faithful, no matter what you're going through, and he will not allow you to be tried above that which you are able, but will with that trial provide a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. Somewhere about 12 months after going through that bout of depression, a light came on. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel I knew it wasn't a train. I knew that God was finally bringing deliverance. In that year that I went through that difficult process, I do not want to ever have to live that again. I don't wish that upon anybody, but I will never regret the lessons that I learned during that time. I learned to trust the Lord with all my heart. I learned not to lean on my own understanding. I learned in all my ways to acknowledge him, and he directed my paths. 
I learned at a time like that that it's okay to gather the support of others who can come along and encourage you. I had a dear friend at that time. His his name is James Moffat. James has gone on to be with the Lord. But James was this unconditional friend going through that trial with me. I had an earthly father who was with me during that time of trial. You know, as I went through that time, I never realized how much my earthly dad loved me and cared about me. I took time off from work to be with me and to support me and and even to go to the, the court proceedings that I had. It was a difficult time, but it was a time that I was able to see a side of God that I would never have seen had I not gone through that trial. Maybe you're going through a a difficult time right now. Oh, I'd love to pray for you. Would you shoot me a text at 252-267-2365? If you'd like me to call you, just give me your number. I'll, I'll call you. I'll pray with you over the phone. I'd be happy to help you any way possible. Now today's Friday, Sunday's church. So why don't you gather to worship? This Sunday at Hickory Ridge Community Church, 9 o'clock or 1045. We are right down on South Battlefield Boulevard. I'd love to see you this Sunday morning. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557. Or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.